It's really cool when one of your favorite bands can also be a band that exists in the scene with you. This is Champagne is also a band podcast. One songwriter, one song. I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in the Blue Box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I'm with Melody Wachtel. We're going to be talking about her song, Goth Girlfriend, off the album Dumpster Punk EP by the band This Is a Stick Up. You may know Melody from such bands as This Is a Stick Up and Not for the Faint of Heart. Melody, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I guess without further ado, why don't we just listen to the song and then we'll talk about it. Yeah, perfect. So, my first question that I always like to ask is, was it the music 
or the words that came first or a melody I'm trying to remember how, like, what order I did everything in. Because I have a tendency to, like, kind of spit out all the lyrics and then come up with, like, a chord progression guitar riff and then kind of, like, stick the two together. Mm -hmm. Like, whichever one fits. Or I'll just throw the words out there. Some of our songs are, like, one of the other bandmates comes up with a riff and we fit them together that way. Like, uh, Dumpster Dash, the first song... Not to get too off topic or anything. No, but, uh, that's fine. It was just a little video recording of me playing this riff on an unplugged electric guitar. And Grant wrote some lyrics to go along with it based on some old memories he and uh, his friend Colin had. And it became kind of like our flagship song. I can't speak for everyone in the band, but it's definitely my favorite one to play. But to get back to Goth Girlfriends, I wrote the lyrics based on that like internet meme that was popular like about a year ago of like the whole goth girlfriend thing i thought it'd be really kind of goofy and fun to write a song like that and i wanted it to have this kind of like upbeat 70s punk one four five chord progression uh-huh. it's like kind of ripped straight from the ramones actually i was wondering if you have you ever heard punk rock girlfriend by the dead kennedys oh yeah that was definitely a big inspiration on oh, that okay. song yeah okay. okay so it's punk rock girl by the dead milkmen don't at me i'm so sorry and also thank you to melody for not making me feel like a dumbass yeah well i i was Actually, I wasn't sure if, if you had heard it or, but yeah. I, it just, it, it made me, made me think about that. And I, if one mm-hmm. thing that punk music tends to do is it's very referential and it's like, mm-hmm. it shares with everybody. And I think that's, that's kind of fun. Like mm-hmm. if, if it doesn't remind you of some other band in some way, then it's not really like punk. Yeah. I don't know if, does it, does that that makes sense yeah i definitely tend to be pretty referential in my music i like to make references to bands and songs and things like that what band would be your biggest influence at least within the this is a stick-up band the whole 70s punk thing was definitely big influence on me growing up and i even though i've kind of like moved away from that and started listening to a lot of other stuff that influence has definitely stayed with me in the way i play guitar and the way i write songs and what i kind of try to go for with my music i've also listened to a lot of cowabunga kid in the past couple of years they've cowabunga kid and nectar both are two of my favorite vocal bands two of my favorite bands just in general and just like with a really like upbeat, catchy punk rock that's still like heavy and it's got that like loud, distorted guitar sound that I love, but it's also like got nice hook, singable melody and all that. I like it's not necessarily pop punk because that's kind of its own thing, but it's definitely like that kind of like poppy and punky thrown yeah. together. Well, it, it does this wonderful mix of like it's it's cheerful and yet sad at the same time. Which oh, yeah. I always like. Aaron's writing style and Camila's writing style both have that influence of, of like, like beautiful melodies. And then at the same time, you know, the words have some very serious and sad connotations. And I was going to say like, this song is in some ways it feels very heartfelt, but it also is very fun and like tongue in cheek. And like some of the references you make, especially like, uh, you know, you got your Susie album on your record player. And then you talk about the telltale heart and, oh yeah, the, 
the Lovecraftian Nightmare Girl. That, <laughs> that one I was very proud of, yeah. <laughs> if I may put this visual in your head, whenever I listen to the song, I wanted to keep picturing a goth girlfriend that was like swaying or dancing like at half the speed of the song in like a very goth-like nightclub kind of way. <laughs> I, like I don't that. know. Yeah. I, yeah, just, I don't know. It always made me smile, but... So, this was kind of an amalgamation. You had kind of gotten the riff going, and then you started throwing the 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 words in, yeah. and it's all the... If you think of someone who's a goth, they, they're the certain, like, thoughts of, you know, we there's like a swarm of bats from a dark cave. <laughs> uh, you, on, you, you only ever wear black, even when it's hot outside. And I wanted to ask... Did you, is that you doing the, um, doing the solo in the middle? That's Christian. We trade off a lot on the soloing. I think he has a majority of them, but I still do a couple in some songs. You, you bring this song to the band and did you have, do you have all of the parts worked out in your head or do you just say like, these are the chords, this is the melody I'm going to be singing and then go at it or, or like build upon it or this is one of the ones where it was kind of pretty much finished when i presented it to the bands but i'm definitely grant and kevin and christian all put their own spin on things because like i'm i'm not a drummer i don't know what kind of fills and stuff would make the song work best sometimes i might go in garage band and do a pre-programmed drum track and just say to kevin like feel free to change any or all uh -huh. of this and grant will do a lot of coming up with his own parts for the bass that may be just following the chords or it may be doing something more interesting he really likes to play bass chords and it ends up uh. adding a really cool sound like you hear that in angsty avenue christian we actually already had we hadn't recorded yet when he joined the fold but we did have like most if not all the song all but one because comrade teacher was christian song he came in and added all those lead parts that you hear we all agree as a band that they definitely like took the songs to like the next level and yeah. really brought them to kind of made it what we wanted dumpster punk to be if i understand correctly that is the genre that you'd like to be this is a stick up would like to be categorized yeah. under um so what what makes dumpster punk distinctive from like mainstream punk or you know the 70s punk or even pop punk i think grant's definition for it was just kind of taking all these disparate things that each respective band member was influenced by and kind of putting them together in a cohesive way kind of like throwing it all into a dumpster almost uh -huh. Nice. Grant is really into like the Midwest emo thing. Uh -huh. And Kevin loves like the skate punk stuff. Christian um, likes that old Christian and me both like that old school stuff and he also likes to shred. Yeah. Which he does a lot of. After you say you make my telltale heart beat fast, he, he has this uh like 
on the on the bell he's doing you know that oh yeah i love that little like the little pitter patter of a heart going the telltale heart and like yeah that's why i hesitate to call any of these like my songs like all by because like even though i like presented this as sort of a finished product everybody in the band definitely put their own spin on it and it wouldn't be the song that it was if it was exactly the same as when i made that little garage band demo for my bandmates to listen to so you actually construct the the song in garage band to present to the band yeah i like to do that as just an example of like this is kind of a rough idea of what i want it to sound like and we can go from there so is that uh predominantly how your band communicates or are you the only one that that brings it as like not as a finished product, but as like a, a demo product to them. We'll do that sometimes, or we'll maybe just uh, send a like a video on Facebook Messenger of us uh, of one of us playing a riff or something that we want to turn into a song. We like doing that because we being all spread out across illinois it's really hard for us to all get together and jam like maybe three of us can make it but christian has to teach or kevin's got to work or something like that being able to like spit these things out to the group chat and then like have everybody else listen to them and kind of like form their own thing around it is a really good way for us to like get stuff written in lieu of being together in person to like jam on stuff that's actually pretty impressive like yeah i didn't i didn't realize that that because when i've seen this is a stick up live you seem all very solid and like how how you can pull that together with such limited time together it sounds like pretty limited time oh yeah and uh that's that's a new one on me for for a lot of yeah. uh the interviews that i've done so far we mentioned the the your my lovecrafty and nightmare girl is there any other like is there a favorite verse that you have my favorite is the first verse because that's where i kind of like was i feel like all, a lot of the best ideas and references i had in the song ended up there so that's the uh, you came into my life like a swarm of bats from a dark cave you only ever wear black, even when it's hot outside. And then when you say, the, you're, are you including the next stanza as, as part of the yeah. first verse? Oh, okay. Yeah, so the Susie album on your record player, and then the horror movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like everything. All right, so, of course, I feel, I feel like our listeners will want to know, is there a goth girlfriend? Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> wonderful. I'm not going to lie. This was actually the most exciting thing I had ever heard. So apologies. I may have gotten a little giddy. <laughs> well, I actually wrote the song before I started dating my girlfriend, my current girlfriend, Lucia, but I sort of kind of re- retroactively applied it to her. <laughs> because she's definitely like she's super into heavy metal stuff like Uh specifically like metalcore kind of things like that and she definitely presents that like goth aesthetic with like the elaborate makeup and the black clothes Uh uh-huh all right now I, i now now that we know that there is a goth girlfriend i'm gonna do a i'm gonna do a is this does can this apply to Lucia? All right. So, let's see. Does she only wear black even when it's hot outside? Yep. Okay. Does she have a Susie album on her record player? 
Actually, that one does not apply to her so much. Okay. I actually, when when she when she came to one of our shows before she had to move back out to Virginia in the summer, I changed the lyric to be her favorite band instead of Susie because, like I said, she's more into the metal thing than like uh-huh. the gothic rock stuff. And favorite. That would be Trivium for her. Trivium. Yeah. All right. Also, my brother's favorite band, interestingly enough. Horror movie posters? Uh, she's got an Iron Maiden poster. That's pretty hoary. Yeah. Uh, wait. No, that's not the right <laughs> word. <not. laughs> okay. Strike that's, that one from the record. <laughs> no kidding. Wait. Yeah, what is that? That's pretty... What do you say? It's not... I'm I like, I, I like... It's like horror... That's horror, horror movie-esque. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> beautiful did she take you to a seance on your first date our first date was to five guys oh okay okay so a little more so it was day, probably more yeah. in the back room they had yeah. the seance okay <laughs> and does she always wear a black veil over her face also no all right now we're getting down to the the uh the fact and fiction here yeah <laughs> okay so i hope yeah. you don't mind this line of questions I'm oh just no like no. okay i thought that would be kind of fun if yeah i, I was really hoping that it would be a, yeah okay um, like i said it was kind of retroactively applied so when i first wrote all these lyrics there was like a f- fictional goth girlfriend in my mind's eye uh-huh. that i wrote this ode to and then when i started dating lucia i was like well she's She's like got that like kind of goth aesthetic, so it works. Uh-huh. Does she give you chills? Yeah, in a good way. Yeah, all right. And I would assume that if she gives you chills, then she would also make your telltale heart beat fast. Absolutely. All right. And probably doesn't live at the old graveyard in the old abandoned church. Nah, she lives in the suburbs outside DC. <laughs> Sorry, this makes me smile. And do you still have to admit that you were scared at first? I mean, I'm always pretty nervous meeting <laughs> girls for the first time, yeah. Probably so it wasn't too long before you fell in love. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See, I, this is fun. I'm this. Okay. Yeah. By the way, like, uh, so for the visual, I, I had Melody send me the, the lyrics. And of course, it's um, white text on a black background. It is definitely a goth uh, lyric sheet. Yeah. So. I most anything I can turn to night mode on my computer, I do <laughs> just because I prefer it. Do you only go on dates in the dark? Um, uh, no. Okay. Um, oh, can she go out in the sun? Yeah. Okay. Very good. And do you watch slasher movies all night long? The last movie we watched together was Shrek. So, no. <laughs> But but have you watched slasher movies all night long? No. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know if she's into those, but I've definitely not really been a horror movie person. And then, but is she your Lovecraftian nightmare girl? Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> all right. So, I well, and that that concludes our section of fact and fiction. Why did you choose this as your favorite? piece that you've written i like it because oftentimes i like i've noticed that in like even in the more like upbeat lighthearted kind of punk stuff there's not a lot of love songs and there's certainly not a lot of love songs written about girls by girls i like having that there 
as something that's a little different than like your typical punk rock love song. I also think even if the lyrics are a little bit corny, I'm still very proud of them. Yeah, it, it's almost like it wouldn't it wouldn't feel the same if you didn't have a certain element of like corniness to it. Like it just um, because if it was actually literally like serious, you know, it would it would. It, it would just have kind of a it would defeat itself in some ways yeah. like it wouldn't it wouldn't fit as much with uh this is a stick up sound or mm. anything like that i'm just gonna get a little like slightly maudlin here but um i was just thinking one of the things that you say in the line that i i like couldn't be more true about any partner that you have in in your life uh that you really really care for is like a good partner will really like will scare you in some way just because you end up caring about them so much that you end up like it's scary it's yeah. like freaks you out yeah, well i gotta admit i was scared at first was one of the the lines that triggered that with me and um i was just thinking yeah love is funny and it's love is scary and yeah it's yeah so i mean i i, I just think even even if this is has a little bit of a corny edge to it, it still is very heartfelt and sincere yeah. and like fun and like today's a good day to talk about love because it's me and Lucia's anniversary today, actually. Oh, I did see that. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. One year? Yep, one year. Amazing. Are you in music production? Music that business. What? That's music my business. Major, yeah. Okay. Okay. Excellent. So yeah, actually. And it's Milliken, right? Yep. Is that right? Yeah. They have a really amazing, uh, like, just recording and music. Like, oh, yeah. You know, not just, uh, you know, not just the classical music genre. Mm -hmm. It's like recording and studio production and yeah. all those kinds of things. They definitely get you doing all of that stuff. Like, all the music majors study an instrument and play in at least one ensemble. So cool. I I study classical trombone and play in the wind ensemble and the jazz bands and the Latin jazz project and occasionally the symphony orchestra. It was was trombone your first instrument? Yeah, actually, yeah. Oh, okay. My dad was like an elementary music teacher for a really oh. long time and he actually was my music teacher growing up when we still lived in Steelville, Illinois. And he got me started on trombone, and I played in beginning bands and everything. Why the trombone, or was it just like you just thought, oh, this yeah. this looks like a good instrument? Or I think if I remember recall correctly, it was a long time ago, but I think it was, I think it was the one I was best at getting a sound out of because uh -huh. when at the very first day of beginning bands he like had a like a sample of all the instruments and we'd go and blow on them and i i couldn't make the flute make solo noise and i couldn't make the saxophone uh -huh. make noise but the trombone i was able to get a, some sort of squeak out of i also did percussion for a little bit at first it was like everybody on this everybody on each instrument is by themselves learning how to do like the basic stuff uh -huh. and then once everybody came together to like be a band, I kind of had to pick one, and I just stayed on trombone. When I was thinking, isn't isn't the trombone like uh, that? The the mouthpiece on the trombone is probably like one of the larger embouchures that you need to have for yeah. for an instrument. Well, I was I'm sorry, I'm just thinking like why that would have why you would have been 
other than kismet or fate, you know, that you were able to get a sound out of a trombone, but, yeah. you know, initially. Um, and it wasn't just so you could go, wah, wah. <laughs> no, though, that is very fun to do. I, I've come up with a lot of kind of goofy things to play. It's one of the ways I used to amuse myself in high school bands before and after rehearsal. And one thing my trombone professor said to me, because he's definitely before rehearsal overheard me playing like various mm -hmm. random things. And he said to me one time in a lesson, he was like, you know, Mel, I don't really I don't really care what you play before rehearsals as long as you play it with a good sound. You ever think about doing a, a like running that through some some pedals or something oh i've definitely thought about that yeah i mean uh i'd be curious i'm just curious because i haven't yeah. I, I can't say that i've heard somebody like do a whole like loop pedal you know with with you know a trombone i think karthik was telling me about someone doing that if anyone would know so, a, a weird way to make sound it would be it would be karthik absolutely <laughs> yeah karthik got me going down this like experimental like noise rabbit hole I've definitely tried to think of ways to incorporate the trombone into that. Give me a call as soon as as soon as you start doing that, or at least post about it. And so, trombone was your first instrument. From what I can tell, your your entire family is just absolutely musical. So, is that something that um, you you wanted to be in in a rock band, or or you wanted to have a band? Absolutely from. Yeah from like the very beginning or did you did you did you have a band in high school or anything uh yeah it was me my brother and a, another friends we were called rocket mouth that was not on the list that you sent me i'm uh, just teasing <laughs> i'm just teasing that's that's, that's going on that's going a bit back oh well there's also yeah. somewhere deep deep in the in buried in probably the facebook or something yeah. is video of me and my brother when we were very very young doing uh seven nation army really yeah oh my god with, with dan on drums and me <laughs> playing guitar that must have i must have like only been playing guitar for like a year or two at that point yeah i i think I think your dad posted something, uh, or maybe it was your mom. I don't know. Sorry to bring your dad and mom into this, but um, yeah, of, of Dan with with like a uh, like a teal or like aqua uh, Telecaster or something. Not Telecaster, uh, Stratocaster, and he just had that that like the same face that he he makes now when he's playing. But I just I thought it's funny. Like yeah. sometimes people just don't change that much yeah you know? totally it's funny do you have anything else you'd like to kind of say about the the song or like its development because hmm. i know we can we can uh, we just barely scratch the surface but you know i think i just like where it went like i meant i've said something along these lines earlier but uh i like how even if I present a quote-unquote finished song to the band and say this is more or less how it's going to sound, it's these like little things like Kevin hitting the bell in that way or Christian adding in those guitar leads in that solo or Grant coming up with a really cool bass line that like really turns it into what it is. So definitely it, that song wouldn't be what it is without the rest of my bandmates. I mean, I'm impressed by the fact that there's not a lot of time to to meet 
between the band members and then how you're able to pull together in a cohesive manner is just like mm-hmm. and and I don't and I also don't get the sense that anyone in the band thinks of it as work either so oh no but you take it very seriously we, yeah so it's we like, take it very seriously but we have fun doing it Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, located in the old train station building at 100 North Chestnut Street in downtown Champaign, has been helping to build record collections since 2004. Carrying a wide array of new and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile on Main Street has something for just about any music enthusiast and old school gaming devotee. Exile also hosts regular free live music shows on its stage, so be sure to check out their Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for the up-to-date details on the next upcoming event. Open seven days a week. They can be reached by phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Well, let's talk about the scene. And you've already mentioned that you're going to school at Millican, which is in Decatur. What are some of the differences between the Decatur music scene and and the Champaign-Urbana music scene? Because I feel like you, you're definitely doing things in both scenes. Mm-hmm. And certainly feel free to, to if there's places that that Champaign-Urbana can improve certainly mention that but I have always kind of felt like indicator there's not nearly I mean I don't really have as much of an experience as like what's like outside of what's going on musically outside of the campus and there's Martin is getting to know or uh, Martin the uh head of the music business department Uh he's he's getting to know a lot of people from the area who run various businesses like he's he knows uh some people from the band the soy city stranglers and the owner of uh speakeasy records oh yeah and other places so definitely some there's some interesting stuff happening and i remember him talking about somebody wanting to take the basement of a building i think the building that the speakeasy and all those other things are in and convert it into a venue and he was talking about them wanting to wallpaper the wall behind the stage with a big map and just have every band who plays there like put a little x where they come from yeah and i thought that was really cool and i definitely think that there's some cool stuff happening there but as far as campus goes there's not anything like the champagne music scene kevin used to when kevin was still a student last year before he graduated he hosted a lot of house shows in his basement and what was the name of that venue uh, house h-a-u-s okay yeah, yeah yeah most of the shows that i was aware of that happens over that year were at that venue and th- it seemed like there was a lot going on musically that year and the year before that there was a house that was called black lives manor oh. that also hosted a lot of cool shows 
And I really, I don't know when it was happening. My freshman year, really, I was just kind of like trying to get my bearings. There hasn't been as much this year. And there's never really that many bands around campus. I think because most of the music majors are practicing for their juries or studying for survey exams or something. Everybody just, either they don't know the right people to start a band or they don't feel they have enough time. So definitely more, my musical experience in at Milliken is a lot more of like the, the academic music. I do think it's very nice to kind of like have both of those worlds like I'm doing like the like not necessarily classical but like the academic music at school and then I'll come over here and play a punk show or a metal show. They're very different but they're both very cool in their own respective ways. I probably won't ever get another chance to play in a symphony orchestra or jazz big band or anything like that. What is your favorite venue here in Champaign-Urbana? That's hard to say. I've had a lot of fun at shows at Casa de Sasha. I think that's where most of the house shows I've seen have been. I've really enjoyed playing at IMC a lot too. Yeah. And just for the variety of groups that play there. It seems like the vast majority of like the heavier stuff and well less the heavier stuff, but the more out there kind of experimental stuff yeah. kind of makes IMC its home. And I think it's really cool that there's a space where people can kind of just make whatever music they want. Not that the other venues don't allow people to do that or anything like that. It's just that like it seems like most of the noise and stuff like that is kind of centered around IMC. Actually, I'm trying to think. This may come out after. It probably will. But um, I'm, I'm thinking about like Floorfest. I oh, hope yeah. I'm pronouncing that right. Is that what they're... I'm not sure, actually. <laughs> uh, I, pronunciation. It's like the worst mm-hmm. thing for for podcasts. We're kind of like running a contingency, like a this is a stick up kind of contingency plan for that because I have a big band thing for jazz band at the Decatur Club that oh. night. So they're going to rock that as a three piece. Oh. We... We we do a lot of, like, if one of the band members can't make it to a show, we'll usually play it as a three-piece. Like, I think we played with without everybody except Kevin at least once. Because, like, if we, have, if we have a guitar, if we have someone to cover guitar, bass, and drums, we can manage. Not that everybody's not important, but we can always right. we can always make do. We can come and play the show. Gotcha. Sort of like how I try to emulate what Christian's doing on lead guitar when he's not there because on our tour we just did for all the shows but the one in Wisconsin Christian was teaching so he couldn't be there I was the sole guitarist and when we did that Halloween benefit show at uh blips Grant couldn't make that one so I played the bass I don't know if I could wrap my head around like swapping that much but if you are already working on like constructing some of these pieces, you kind of already have the yeah. sense of. Also, the Halloween one was a cover show, so I was starting from bass with. Oh, I that see. In, I was starting on bass. We did a Dinosaur Junior set, which I mm. felt a little bit guilty about because I was pushing that because they're my favorite band of all time. What's your favorite? gig that you've ever played that's a hard one i've played so many cool gigs i even back in high school this isn't this one probably isn't going to be what i would call my favorite be just because i enjoy playing with stick up a lot more than i ever enjoyed playing with rocket mouth no 
no offense to anyone in that band, mm-hmm. but Isaac actually got us on the CU Pride Festival one year when it was in uh, when it was in Lincoln Square Mall. How long has this is a stick up been around? Two years. This that wasn't this oh. is a stick up. That was my band from oh, high oh, school that right. did that. Oh, I see. But yeah. Okay. I guess that was like one of the first times that like it actually felt like we were part of the scene, really, and not just like a bunch of kids doing some covers of Ramones and Fallout Boy, which right. was still what we were doing. It just we had maybe two or three originals. But we never recorded anything. You know, to be a part of a scene is kind of a huge responsibility in some ways, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. you know, if you're part of the scene, it's like you have to support all the other musicians that are in the scene. Yeah. And I don't know, it's it's pretty pretty remarkable. I mm-hmm. I do think that the Champaign-Urbana music scene is is probably one of the most supportive that I've seen. It's just, that's the impression that I get, at least from talking to people when they travel on tour. And since I didn't really answer the question, I think if I had to pick a favorite show, which again is hard because I've played so many awesome shows, probably the one at IMC at the end of the summer when it was us and Not For The Faint Of Heart and other at least one other band that I can't remember, but the last one was a three-way noise set with, uh, I think it was, it was definitely from Circumstances and Karthik, and then the third was, uh, Nick does so many things, I can't even remember which one it was, but I think it was Arborous. I know either Arborous or Acid Funeral, but it was all three of them at the same time. (laughs) And it was just, it was so much, but it was also really, really cool. And that was like what got me going into this like noise thing. I went up, I remember going up to Karthik afterwards and I was like, I am, I'm in the noise thing now. I'm doing, I'm, I'm like super down with this. And some other honorable mentions would be, playing at Sipyard with Bull Metal and Mirror Mirror from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. They, both of those bands totally killed it. And Mirror Mirror, we talked to before and after, and they were all super nice and very cool. The other one I'd want to mention would be playing at uh, Casa de Sasha with Cowabunga Kid, just because for me, it was like on par with meeting Dinosaur Jr. <laughs> or wow. like playing a show with Dinosaur Jr. Because I love that band to death. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool when one of your favorite bands can also be a band that exists in the scene with you. Because, like I said, yeah. they're like so, so good. And they've definitely been a big influence on me. And play a show to play a show with them and like have them say that they liked your set and everything. And it was also funny seeing their drummer and our drummer bond over <laughs> mutually wearing wrestling attire. Their drummer had a bullet club jacket, I think, and Kevin was like wearing his bullet club shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and they were just like nice, uh, awesome. I can't even think of anything that I could disagree about that like everything about Cowabunga Kid and even Nectar and and just uh, that that group of people each each one of them are completely like approachable and kind and like yeah they're good people and their their music is smart and it's 
it's approachable and it's it's i mean it's <laughs> how can i say it their music is exactly like they are right like yeah. it's smart and it's approachable and it's and it's fun and and it you know it's it's relatable yeah yeah and uh i just yeah i just wish cowbunga kid would get out more and play yeah so i don't know if that's putting them on blast enough but geez come on i don't know if i you know i just realized as that came out of my mouth i'm like did i use blast right no probably not champagne is also a band podcast is proud to support jubilee cafe jubilee cafe is a free weekly meal program at community united church of christ 805 south 6th street in champaign illinois Jubilee Cafe serves a home-cooked meal from 5 to 6.30 each Monday. Their mission is to feed hungry people by cooking healthy, delicious meals and by serving their guests restaurant-style with servers waiting on tables. Jubilee Cafe is open to anyone who cares to eat with them. Because food insecurity among students is so high, they serve students as well as others in and around the Champaign-Urbana community who struggle with hunger. Meals are free to all and will be served each Monday evening. Located in the accessible lower level of the building at 6th and Daniel Streets in Champaign. For more information on the meal or how to volunteer, go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email them at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. That's jubilee dot cafe at community dash ucc dot org melody what is your favorite non-musical thing oh gosh that's really hard i i do so much related to music and not a whole lot outside of it most of what I do that isn't music is video games. What's your favorite video game that you that well, what's your favorite video game these days? Uh historically it's been the Zelda franchise. That's been something that I've been into since I was little little. Like I got a GameCube for like my sixth birthday and it came with Zelda Ocarina of Time and I spent so much time playing that game. See, I pl- I played it on the uh, the original Nintendo, mm-hmm. yeah, NES. Well, and what was really cool about that game? That was the first one that you could actually like save your oh, yeah. your progress. It, and I remember it came in like this gold, like the cartridge was a gold cartridge. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, you, yeah, that's the uh, Nintendo sixty four version. That. Yeah, the Nintendo sixty four version has that was the one that when they still did cartridges. I they de- they re released it a couple times on GameCube, and I had it in my GameCube came packaged with this collector's edition Zelda that had like it had the original the first two like the very very first two Zelda games from like the Super Nintendo, and. Uh, it had Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, both of the Nintendo 64 ones, all on one disc. And it also had like a little demo of Wind Waker that ended up getting me to buy Wind Waker, which is also a very phenomenal game. The other one when I was a kid was Kirby Air Ride. That was the other one I got at, right when I had a when I started having a GameCube. And oh, also Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2. And that 
that game in huh. particular sent me on this like thing like i still love racing games and i have this weird thing with cars where i think cars are awesome but also i hate driving so what made you pick up the guitar that kind of brings it up back to video games a bit because actually my brother got guitar hero for his birthday and we both played a ton of guitar hero and eventually it got to the point where i was like I'm enjoying playing on the little plastic controller, but I want the real deal. For my birthday, my parents decided they were going to get me a guitar to start out. My two top choices were down to Epiphone Casino and a Dean Flying V. Oh, and I went with the Dean, Dean Flying v. v and I'm still <laughs> kicking myself for it because I, I relinquished the Flying V to my brother because oh. I, I was like not about it anymore. And I'm just like, I'd wish I'd done the casino because the casino is a fantastic guitar, especially for an Epiphone. I'm also more of a Fender person anyway than a Gibson person. Christian is our resident Gibson aficionado. So we've got this interesting thing where I've got like my, most most of the time I'm either using my Telecaster or my Mustang. So mm. like Fender single coils, and then he's got his Gibson Melody Maker, is one of his Les Pauls. So we've got this weird like Fender Gibson thing. It ends up resulting in a really interesting guitar sound because the Gibson has definitely like the kind of like richer kind of humbuckery sound and then mm -hmm. i've got like my bright pointed kind of power chordy stuff and i think they blend together really well mm. and i think that's something christian pointed out to me actually was having that like fender gibson attack huh. was something that he liked a lot about our sound sorry for another aside here but uh when we stopped to eat some more oatmeal cookies i casually brought up that i had been playing guitar for around 30 years and that i still can't seem to manage to string my guitar correctly ever and to be honest i still don't know if i am stringing my guitars correctly like like i don't know why i can never manage to actually get like Either I have it wound like once or twice around the peg or or I I pull it back so much that when it finally winds around, you know, on like the 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 high and low E string, those all those always like either it's too short or it's too long and I don't know I, every time mm -hmm. I just screw it up every time. But yeah. But D that's I'd definitely something I also struggle with. <laughs> I think I know how to do it right, but some it sometimes I have mixed results. Like one time I was stringing one of my guitars and I did it on the first string the wrong way, but I didn't want to like the wrong direction, but I didn't want to <laughs> I didn't want to unwind it and do it again. So I just kept it and I did the rest the right way. So I had one string that uh -huh. I had to turn the opposite like the I had to turn the peg the opposite direction uh -huh. than all the others to tune it it was really weird i feel like there should be a support group for this yeah so we could talk about it talk it out also trying to restring my gretch with the bigsby before our recording session for the dumpster punk ep was a nightmare i'd never attempted to restring a bigsby before and this was what? at like 10 p.m oh so i was so like what's I'm, the what's the 
what's is is there something particularly like I'm I'm just not recalling like is there something particularly like unique about the way that it gets strung? It's it's got like it doesn't go through the body or anything. It's got like or and there's not like a thing that you flip it through really. It's hooked on by this little peg on the bridge and the problem i kept encountering and i'm sure somebody is going to hear this and be like oh it's so obvious you just do whatever (laughs) but i'm they've got this little peg and you like put the the like circular thing at the end of the string on the peg and then you slip it through and do it like normal but the thing is anytime i like took my finger off of (gasps) off of the peg to go and like wrap the string around it would just come out so i ended up like i had had to like wrap the string around the peg (laughs) and like move it into place (laughs) or like tighten it with one all with one hand while i used my thumb to hold the thing on it ended up taking me like an hour and a half to get that done and I was like, I ha- I was like trying to go to bed early to like like uh, wake up bright and early and get out there because the studio we went to was this like little farm outside Bubono. so it was a bit of a drive and I and we were we were starting at like 10 a.m. so mm. I was trying to be well rested. I ended up finishing stringing the thing at like 11:30 at night. Is it sad that I actually broke out into a little bit of a sweat? as you were talking about like it just kept popping off as you're trying to, like, yeah and I, uh, I was getting so frustrated with this it was i was i was like i'm gonna sell this guitar i'm gonna get rid of this guitar i can't deal mm. with this anymore obviously i don't want to do that because i love that gretch it's different than my other guitars and it's got it's like little quirks which is why i don't use it for stick up stuff as often well i ended up using it for two songs on the ep most of them i just used my mustang for which mm-hmm. i also restrained before without much trouble because it's got like a pretty traditional yeah uh, bridge but i wanted the gretch for angsty avenue because i well first of all i was doing more clean stuff and i thought it would have a really interesting Mm -hmm. sound for that and the other thing is i was kind of like adding this like little feedback noise thing underneath the guitar solo part of angsty avenue and i thought that would be a really good guitar to use for that because it's got the it's like got the big chamber so it feeds back really easily if you add distortion to it because the sound just like bounces around inside the body yeah it's also like very controllable feedback so like depending on where you position yourself in relation to the amp you can like make it stronger or weaker it's got like three volume knobs so i could make it do a kill switch thing with the pickup selector gotcha which is also very fun so it's like in real comparison to some of my other guitars it's more of a niche thing but it's definitely something i'm able to pull out and do some interesting stuff with cool and that's a gretch yeah it's a just a gretch electromatic full hollow body i have i have a lot of guitars my most recent acquisition is actually one that was already in the house we had this yamaha kind of like west paul clone-ish thing Mm -hmm. just kind of hanging out it was my dad's but he never played it it was just like hanging out in the basement and the a lot of the hardware and electronics on it ended up getting all rusty my brother wanted to like turn it into a heavy metal guitar and i was kind of like i don't know if i like the idea of you doing that to this very pretty guitar so i was like what if i buy pickups and i pay you to assemble it because he's been trying to like get into the 
the wiring and stuff. Yeah. I remember playing that guitar a lot when I was younger and it, it's very nice. My well of that I draw from for the acoustic stuff is from what after punk rock, like probably the most influential genre on me growing up was alt country. I grew up hearing Uncle Tupelo and the drive by truckers. Well, less the drive by truckers. I think that was slightly more. I mean, that could have been. A, I don't remember if that was around when I was growing up. Well, they existed when I was growing up, but I don't remember if my dad listened to them back then. Mm. But uh, it was definitely like the Bottle Rockets and Uncle Tupelo and Sunvolt, Jay Farrar stuff was yeah. on heavy rotation in my household. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, that's that's the local like Lupin too. Yeah, because you know? we were in that like Southern Illinois, like vaguely Belleville-ish area. And that's kind of like like a couple of years before I was born in that area is where Uncle Tupelo was from Belleville, I think. And Bottle Rockets oh. were from, uh, I don't remember the name of the town, but it's like dinky little town in Missouri in near that area. Bottle Rockets and Sunbolt both have songs about the flood of 93. That happened, I'm pretty sure that was the year my parents got married that that happened. The Bottle Rockets, it's Get Down River. I think Tear Stained Eye by Sunvolt is also about that. Melody, thank you so much for coming out and talking about your song, Goth Girlfriend, and about the scene and about your favorite non-musical thing. But thank you for making the trip out here. And, you know, I look forward to seeing new things coming out from This Is a Stick Up. And, yeah. And uh, I thought I saw something about Not For The Faint Of Heart is going to be releasing something, if not just releasing songs when they play them. Is that what? <laughs> I think we're gearing towards a follow a follow up to Corporate Greed. All right, and that'll be exciting for me because this will be the first not for the faint of heart release that I actually play on. Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Melody reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live. You almost have an NPR voice, it's so good.